0: Hi guys, it's Shanna Montana here, and I did want to give you guys a content and trigger warning over the next three episodes of the podcast. We will be speaking about Black maternal health in America, and we know that for some people that can be a traumatic event, a stressful event, and just an event that you are not comfortable hearing or talking about. So I wanted to just let you guys know ahead of time that for the next three episodes, this will be the material that we are diving into. So if you can get something from it, great. But if you are not able to listen to it, just skip these next three episodes and we'll Catch you after that so without further ado we now head into our intro of the to be single or not to be podcast
1: you are listening to the podcast to be single or not to be by shanna montana a podcast where we talk about the single life dating and relationships so you can make a decision at the end of each episode and decide to be single or not to be that is the final question
0: so today's topic is black maternal health in america part two single mom by choice And I want to talk about this topic because it's a very interesting one that I was super unaware of until a friend of mine introduced it to me. And it led me to be intrigued enough to know that I had to bring it to the show so listeners could learn about it, understand it, and know that it is an option for them as well if that is what they so desire. So in speaking about this, I have two amazing guests that I'm gonna, that we have on the show today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So Kirsten, she's been on the show once or twice or maybe three times before. She's been on the show a couple times. Hello. But, yes, but we are glad to have her back. So tell the people who you are.
2: Um, Kirsten Watkins out of Atlanta. I feel like I've known Shana forever, fresh out the womb, but I'm glad to be back with you guys tonight for this very important conversation that is very
0: near and dear to my heart, so hope you enjoy. Awesome, and Rachel, tell the people who you are.
1: Hi, I'm Rachel Nix, born and raised in Oakland, reside in New York, I got 800 jobs, so we'll (laughs) get there, (laughs) but um, I, I would think most importantly at this point, I'm a Black mother of two adorable boys, um, four and one. And as a result of uh, my desire and fear to protect them, I founded my nonprofit, Birth Queen, to combat the Black maternal health crisis. So I'm also a doula, lactation counselor, fitness trainer, and actress. So I figured, let me use all my 8 million jobs to protect protect Black queens, which is why I named my nonprofit Birth Queens because it's imperative that we we as Black women reconnect to our abundance and our joy, which we've been disconnected from very intentionally by design.
0: Yes, I love it. So many hats, so awesome hats. It's like, yes, tap into all of these resources at the end of the show. We'll be sure we share with the people exactly where they can find you because I know they will need it. So something I like to do before we get into the topic, because this is a relationship podcast and People always, you know, they have creative ways of answering this question. So, Kirsten, I'm going to start with you and ask on a scale of one to five, five being the best it has ever been, how would you rate your love life today?
2: Girl, child. <laughs> I, I'll be fully transparent with saying that I am happily unattached. Mm-hmm. Um, I am dating here and there mm-hmm. and everywhere. Um, <laughs> safely and enjoying it. Um, so I would say, am I ready for a relationship right now? No. Do I enjoy the moments that I do spend engaging with others? Yes.
0: So that would put you about a, a, a three. three. Yeah, I yeah I'd give it a three. Yes, I love the
1: answer. And Rachel, what about you? I am at a five with myself. I love it
0: yes and I'm in
1: transition with other yes I love it because I said (laughs)
0: people get creative with that question that's why I wanted to ask it I hear all kinds of stuff but I love it all all right so we're gonna get right to it ladies so I want to ask and you all explain to the listeners what does SMBC stand for and how were you introduced to this idea or what is the like the story behind it
2: So being a single or becoming the journey to become a single mother by choice was something that I was super resistant of because obviously growing up, like we have the fairy tale of the husband, the wife, you know, whether it's college sweetheart, whatever, we fall in love, we're going to get married, we're going to, you know, buy the house, start the family. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you look at a certain period of your life, whether that is, Financially, hey, like, I can afford this, now I'm ready. Or with your relationships, like, I'm not in a relationship where, you know, I feel like we could go the distance or that I want to even, you know, take that major next step with someone or your biological clock. Like, hey, I know that it's time. I always said that I was the person who I knew that I was going to desire motherhood over partnership if that made sense. So I was never a person that felt like I needed to wait until I had the, there is no perfect man, by the way, but that I had the man in place mm-hmm. and then, okay, now I'm ready. Um, so I think there's intentionality behind it because, you know, we obviously know plenty of single mothers in the world, in our, in our day-to-day lives. And a lot of them did not intend to be like, they don't have the BC, yeah. you know, their single mothers and those relationships that they went into that they were going to be great and everlasting. But I don't, I think that women sometimes, and I'm probably veering off into a lot of different places, but I, I release the stigma of not being able to conceive birth and raise a healthy, beautiful black child because I'm not partnered. Right. And so for me, I think that this is a a much needed conversation, because um, there are women who are nervous or have some trepidation about how they want to move forward in their motherhood or parenthood journey, because they don't have an adequate partner. And I think family planning looks a bunch of different ways at this point in life. And I honestly say like people should do what works best for them. So I think the biggest thing for me when I look at SMBCs is the intentionality mm-hmm. and there is community outside of having a man there to, um, raise and foster this child. Villages are real. So, um, I probably veered off, but that's kind of where I'm at with
0: it. Not veer off at all. And villages are absolutely real. And that leads me to ask you, Rachel, in your organization, you know, have you seen, has this, is this more of a trend where you are seeing possibly women move in this direction or, you know, the people that you come in contact with, with the Black maternal health being in such a different way where you have some people who may deal with infertility. You have some people who may just choose to say, I want to go this different route. What's
1: been your experience with that through the, you know, birth queen or... Well, you know, this is a, I'm so, there are a couple of reasons that I just felt blessed that you reached out, but one is, is close to my heart. A very close friend of mine really always, well, let's be real. There's so many unpartnered, fantastic black women who at many points wanted to also be a mother. And then I feel we're forced to choose not to be a mother because- Mm -hmm the right partner didn't present himself Mm -hmm. and I have a very strong and incredibly talented Black friend who is um chose to be a mom by by choice on her own and have learned so much super recently about this topic Mm -hmm. so with with My organization, of course, we know that there's um, Black women die at three to five times the rate in childbirth, like our breastfeeding rates are lower, our babies aren't surviving at the rates they need to, but then we also have infertility. So I want to include that. But then what I learned was if you then make this choice to have a baby by yourself, which my my girlfriend educated me about, is that Black sperm is not as readily available. Exactly, more expensive, so that many couples, and so I, and I'm also close with, um, you know, I, I have a close girlfriend and and her wife that want to have a baby, so they're in the LGBTQ community or queer community, and it's like, yo, how are they going to have a baby, and and the money and all of that? So you're not even thinking. So what if you have a partner, but it's not a male? Then what do you do? So mm-hmm. most of these families. They they have to choose white sperm. So then that's like a whole nother umbrella
2: of things.
1: Yeah. A lot of things, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of things. So it was deep. And you know, she and I, she's a journalist, so I feel she's gonna get to her point to really wanting to share that. But luckily, she feels safe enough to share that with me. And I said, This is serious, right? This is something we need to dive deep into because. Clearly babies are being made <laughs> clearly um, so, by our men. yeah. Um, it, it's not that I'm being careful but but I'm trying to be intentional. Um, but, but it's, it, it's something that we need to talk about because there's both are close to me in a number of ways. I've got family members suffering from infertility. Mm -hmm. because of the Black male partner. And I've got an amazing Black female having a baby by her on her own by choice, but had to choose white sperm because there wasn't, she wasn't cool with the options for Black and educated me that it's like way more expensive. So
0: I had no clue. Yeah, go ahead, Kirsten. This this is- Okay,
2: I was going to say, so including, because that is so key. Um, Obviously- and and ugh, where do I start?
1: So, I know it's a lot. We need more than forty-five minutes. It's we fine.
2: really, really do. So um, okay. I will be um, fully transparent with my process. Okay. So Rachel, we've just met this evening, so this is uh, story time. Um, okay. I was um, someone who was not necessarily. I was very indifferent about having kids because I was the oldest. Uh, like I have a lot of siblings. Um, And it was only until my sister had her children and I just could see how they melted in my life that I wanted to move forward with that. Um, You know, you may have like the word of the day is like an entanglement or whatever, you know, you have these relationships, but none of them are prospering to a place, you know, that are, you know, safe enough that you would feel like, okay, I'm ready to make this step and move forward. Right. I had an an entanglement. Um, I got pregnant. Um, I dealt with cervical insufficiency and P-Prom and lost my son at 20 weeks in December of 2020. And I remember saying, I never want to have a child again. Um, Like, I, I just, I couldn't fathom what that looked like, felt like. And I am very grateful for family. I'm grateful for friends. I'm grateful for tribe and community because I feel like that has brought me back to center at such a pivotal time. So here I am now, and that relationship was a complete, I mean, shit show, just to say it nicely, which really made me apprehensive as I started to desire to, to walk through this process again. Mm -hmm. And so the question therein comes, well, you know what? I'm comfortable with doing it alone. I know that this is my charge in life. I have an angel baby. I love him dearly, but I desire to mother in the physical realm. I know that I'm affirmed in my motherhood in this moment. My child is in a different place, Mm -hmm. but how do I make this possible? Mm -hmm. So when you start entering the 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 world and the realm of what first of all the stigma of of donations and the sperm bank and you know everyone knows the infamous Kenya Moore Phaedra Reed on Real Housewives you know that is just one thing it's just such a stigmatized stigmatized process in general and then tailor that to the Black community and it's equally Absolutely. Yeah, it's equally like, I mean, it's like, I won't even say equally. It is like <laughs> to the 10th degree. You know, yeah. we have something to say about everything. Right. So I was initially very nervous about even entering the sperm bank process. But girl, when I started looking for Black men, you know, it could be, you know, Fairfax, it could be California Cryobank, Zytex, there are like 500 donors. Eight of them might be Black. Two of them might be ugly. Okay. Two of them might have sickle cell, you know, these genetic, you know, traits that you just want to be really, really careful with, depending on what your genetic testing results look like. And then the ones who are Black, because the the pickings are so slim, the inventory is low. And you are right, because it costs so much more oh. money. So one I would say affordability, you yourself may be able to afford to say, I can, if I can conceive a child and I can birth a child that I may be able to now then say, I can raise this child. Mm -hmm. But if you suffer, and, and I almost hate to say suffer because it really is so personal to those of us who have like really like real issues with infertility and, you know, anything that's related to the reproductive process. If you are challenged with infertility, now you're looking at, well, can I do IUI, which is, you know, less than IVF? And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And now do I wanna go through the traditional donor route because I don't have very many Black, you know, options with Black men? Do I want to find a known donor? Mm -hmm. who now I have to set some guidelines. We may have some contractual obligations and, you know, well, there's definitely going to be a contract involved. Do I want to co-parent? Do I, you know, like you said, with the LGBTQ plus community, one of my girlfriends, her and her wife recently got married and like for us, we're grateful that our job does offer fertility insurance. And so that allows us to have options. But there are so many people that have to consider so many other things versus mm-hmm. just finding the sperm that I like based on the man that I like, mm-hmm. based, based on the genetic, you know, disposition that his, you know, genes have, based on what can I afford. Like there are so many different things that just make it. Challenging. And I know, Rachel, you were going there and you kind of chilled, but I'm going to say it <laughs> okay. because there are so many Black men out here in the atmosphere who are, um, and, and a lot of them are great dads, don't get me wrong
1: but who are
2: yes readily sharing their dna each and every place they go yeah they lay Um, (laughs) it becomes frustrating when you see those who are making decisions with their lives and with their dna who one have too many kids that they really can't Um, spend adequate time, attention and provide resources for, or, you know, for me, even on the flip side, I am pro-choice. So I don't judge anyone who decides to terminate pregnancy for medical reasons or otherwise, but, you know, those who keep having kids and cannot financially provide those types of stories become frustrating because for me, it's just like, I just want one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah so you know I know that and I had a conversation with a friend um recently and you know I said do you want more kids and his answer was no and I said well that's okay I don't know that a relationship between you and I will continue to grow but I'm going to have another baby and that's just really between me and God so you know
0: what was his response okay that's good to know and
2: <laughs> like, but you know what I didn't no, no, no. yeah I that was honest it was transparent it was short I didn't need because there was nothing about my 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 mind my line of thought my anything that was really just concerned about what his reaction was going to be right uh, like at this point I'm very comfortable with saying. I'm playing eeny meeny miny mo with the options that I have
1: and I I want to go that's important for us to talk about because and I want to go where I want to go what I and it's it's so many things but on this call they don't see us Mm -hmm. but I'm a light-skinned skinny girl with curly hair okay so there's that and I'm sitting with you talking to you and we're different, but we are sisters Mm -hmm. and I need us to make sure that we come together and love and support and uplift one another. That's really important to me. Absolutely. And I don't feel safe.
0: Take your time. Please do. This is such a safe space. light-skinned curly hair girls have problems too you know it's and I love my chocolate sisters and I want the best for all of us.
1: but looks ain't everything you know Mm -hmm. yeah and as a community we have to really understand that before we got here they were trying to rip us apart yeah Mm -hmm. it's all by design and we aren't breeders they bred us and mm-hmm. some of us do struggle with infertility, and you're not broken. And some of us, and all of us, deserve the dream. Yeah. But because we have to have, we have to deal with being black every day, it breaks down uh, us as an individual and our partnership.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So during COVID, I remember like
2: to out? make me oh.
1: I remember looking at my my husband and going, you know what? This shit is crazy. Like, it's hard to wake up and be black every day. And so we have to come home to our black partner. Not everybody's with a black partner. I, I've I've only, you know, I just keep it one-handed I ain't never had no pink peen I don't know. I mean, so I
2: don't um, want none.
1: <laughs> You know they don't hit on me. I think they know they are like she. She could. I might get it. Um, never had no pink paint. But anyways, so just to add some levity, because I'm like life is hard enough. So, um, but yeah, it hit me. I was like, they tried. They did intentionally break us apart. So let me break this down for you. When I went to Ghana, I was mm. told that when they raped our women in holding before shipping us here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They knew because we were in holding for up to three months. If one of us were pregnant, cause we didn't have a period. That baby who looked like me was called an informant. Mm. They made that child tell on us. They were ripping us apart and pitting us against one another. People, women and boys and girls that look like me were a product of rape to break us as a people. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important for us to understand that this is all by fucking design and we cannot buy into it or play into it. We have to lean in and on one another. And so when you talk about the black family we are everything the love that black people have mm. like when we say y'all lucky we don't want revenge right? that shit is real, real. Mm. okay if I break down to y'all about breastfeeding okay how they ripped our babies from our chest our babies may have died they call us dirty after raping us please mm-hmm. riddle how explain that shit to me yeah okay and then if I'm dirty, but I'm a breastfeed your baby and your man gonna rape me, I, I don't understand where the dirt lies. Yeah. I feed you, I cook for you, I clean for you. It's just It doesn't get more intimate. Yeah. Again, all by design to make us think we're less than. So what I I'm, what I say all that to say, we are not breeders, we were bred. If you struggle with infertility, you are not broken as a black woman. black men are also infertile yeah it's not just black women or women just across the board we're talking about black people but so that's really important too because that's a huge hang-up for the male ego and that needs to be dealt with so if a couple is dealing with infertility please make sure both partners get checked absolutely um I think we started somewhere and then I went gone. Oh, but that's
2: okay because I love where this conversation is flowing to. Because I am in the space of approaching my SMBGC journey, I have seen more Black women that want, I mean, Black men, excuse me, that one, it is it's very damaging to the ego. It's the very antithesis of what the stereotype is. Mm -hmm. And then for that Black family to come and be one, because the end goal is the child. The mother is more likely to go and get tested, whether that's the HSG or my, do I have fibroids or my fallopian tubes open? (laughs) She's willing to take her body through the Mm ringer. But there are Black men who they're like, okay, everything's fine with her. Let's check you and for them that's a no go. Yeah. Right? And all Why? they need to do Why is, is that- to do what they need to do in that specimen for it to be tested. Mm-hmm. But it's the ego shot that some black men will say, let's just adopt. Let's just use huh. the surrogate. Let's just do whatever because they sometimes don't want to have that realization hit them because that's to them that's attached to their manhood. Yeah. And I know we're kind of getting
0: off a little no, no, bit. No, 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 but- this is staying on topic because it, it's talking about the things we need to, but I want to understand, you know, the ego, of course you said plays a role, but why do you all think it is not talked about? Because I never hear anybody talk about male infertility unless I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale.
2: So- No, it is such a very real thing. It's such a taboo because, because what, and, and I am in- such agreeance with Rachel when we talk about it's by design the systemic inequities that we experience just in this country period and how we came to be here in the the history of our people and I'm not speaking about women in general or men in general I'm Black I commune with Black folks I care about that Um, but for the narrative that is placed out there that Black men are you know, making kids here, there, left and right. Yeah, you do have some of that, but there are a lot of, I know, great Black fathers and great Black fathers who are married to Black women and they are raising their families. And I also do know Black men who probably would never come out and say, you know, publicly, I've, I've had some that have shared along their journeys while I'm on mine because it's such a personal space and ego is so, is so attached to it right but black men there are black men who are infertile right and whether my they dad,
1: to be honest it mm-hmm. wasn't until I embarked in this kind of birth worker journey that he looked up and said oh damn damn of my group of five boys only two of us had kids
2: and the other three, did the they get tested?
1: And and guess what? They all had more than one woman. Did they get tested? No. And never talked about it.
2: Yep. And so I think there's a stigma And so one, there. I think
1: they had trouble, but he dealt with it because he, got rest his soul, was just ugh, amazing human. But he went, dang, wait a minute. This one, that one, that one never had Kids, that's a lot out of five black men, and trust and believe they was having sex. And that was, I think that's why he was like, Oh, we didn't all had a lot of sex. Yeah, and nobody had <laughs> no kids like something no. right, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I didn't think about that. I'm like, Yeah, and it it wasn't until you know, I gotta be careful which was that. One of the friends shared later in life, like, we tried and it didn't work. And then I shared with daddy, and daddy was like, he didn't share it with me. So it's also that. What is that? It's, it's pride and ego. Y'all need not be kicking it. No five black men need to be kicking it and not talking about the fact that you're trying to have a baby and somebody can't have a baby. And
0: mm-hmm. the fact that anytime you say infertility, they immediately think the woman. The woman y'all
1: ever thinks
0: the man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. absolutely and so and
1: stress, and stress and I, is everything when we talk fibroids is like a whole nother thing but but I also
2: think that's a conversation that I do want to bring up here because I, and I was going there there are different levels of infertility it's not Correct. just that you cannot conceive you do have individuals who are prone to um in my case was premature labor cervical insufficiency fibroids You're dealing with the stress, let's just be honest, the stress of who we are and how we show up in this world every day and all that we take on, I am very present in the fact that I tell people I do not want to be considered strong because that is not a we, badge of that. Honor. we can to yes, talk about that we yeah.
1: need to talk y'all gonna have me sound southern Shayna
2: Shayna you're gonna have to let us just go honey
0: no 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 it's fine I told you don't <laughs> to the clock this is a great
1: conversation and what you just mentioned about
0: strong i so be tired strong. of that shit huh,
1: uh, it's yes.
0: Because we also think that I had a friend who was telling me how, you know, when she first, before she had kids thinking like, okay, I'm going to have this child. I'm going to be the career woman. I'm going to have the extracurriculars. I'm going to do all these things. I'll put my superwoman cape on. And then I don't want it. And it was like, I don't want this. I want to be present to raise my children. I don't mm-hmm. want to just see my child for an hour, a day, right before they go to bed. So Take I'm, all this shit off, move around. Yeah, yeah, I may have to step back from corporate America. I may have to work for it. Part- I may have to do whatever it takes so that I am not exhausted by the things of the world and those little people who do me. No, we
1: wake up tired. We're black. So let's damn. start here. We already have the <laughs> damn best deficit. So that's the thing. Like What I need... These, our black Queens to be very clear about and our Kings, if they show up and our community, if they choose to show up, cause I've also had issues where, you know, if I'm really real, I'm 37 years old and it wasn't until June. I got a, my family loves me, Mm -hmm. but there was no space for me to not be okay for me Mm -hmm. to be stressed for me to be tired. And that's where as you know, I grew up that way. And so everyone just expected because I took AP and honors classes because I was skinny, because I played sports, because I did extracurriculars, because I did theater, because I, you know, ha- always had a boyfriend because I did all the things and I, I, I just learned to always be okay. Yeah. So I was like, always okay. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm not always okay. I'm not okay.
0: Yeah. You're
2: speaking my language, girl. Yeah, I'm
1: not so, okay. When I tell you when, when Miss USA jumped and we lost to Oh
0: my God.
1: I have to Mm -hmm. tell you guys, I've never, I've never been suicidal. God, thank God. I've never dealt with like tangible depression, but we, and
2: I will say with your butt, but if you have, that is okay. And there are resources for that.
1: Correct. No, because, and I'll go there because I've been on a group chat where women are like, that shit ain't real and all that. My point is I have it, but it's also be, even though I haven't, it, it's still very dangerous to not feel safe enough to tell your family or your friends that you're tired, you're stressed, you're sad, you're fragile. I am.
2: All of those things.
1: It's yeah. a paradox. Yes, we are strong. Clearly we were able to get whipped, raped and all this other shit. But like, I mean, nobody should have to endure that. Of course, that's what my- was. Yes.
2: So we have I will say yes. when I lost Cross, um it put me in a different position of oh he's so cute hi honey <laughs> say hi hi it put me in a position that i had never been in before right um in a multitude of ways i never experienced being pregnant I had never experienced being pregnant during a pandemic. I had never been um, experienced being pregnant with someone who I knew for 11 years, thought was my friend before anything else, and they just walked completely out the door. Um, and I also had not experienced being on the receiving end of all the goodness and grace and the love that I had extended to the world. Mm-hmm. so that is a very um, uncomfortable position to be in because as the oldest of when you calculate everybody and add all these kids together between mom you know biological father dad who stepdad but really raised you and then stepmom and all of this there are nine of us
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so I was used to being the goer the doer the fixer the you know mm-hmm. I'm the big sister yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. and then it gets to the point to where like you are just in a, you know, hey, yeah, girl,
1: you tired, you're yeah, tired, it
2: is a haze, yeah. and I dealt with postpartum depression, and okay. I dealt with so many things, I think I was sedated for like the first five to six weeks of coming home, that my little brother, who was 19, moved in with me to make sure that I was okay. I think for the 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 statement and and the the projection of strong black women I don't want to be strong I don't want to be resilient I don't want to have to make it through or you know when people ask you how you're doing it's just like what the fuck I don't have an answer for this like I'm here and I get what it means for women to curl up in that bed and be done Mm -hmm. and so it's just something where you talk about loving on each other, no matter where we're from, no matter how we're raised, no matter what has happened in the stratosphere. Like, I just met you tonight, Rachel. I am not my sister's keeper. I am my sister. Right. Because we have to cover each other in areas and in ways that like, it's it it doesn't require noise, it doesn't require words, it doesn't require sound. Mm-hmm. Like how we show up in the world matters to each other right. when you can't have your back. I got it. Yeah. You know, and so ideally when we talk about just the just the thought of single mothers by choice, this is not my fucking choice. I wanted to make. Yeah. Right. I, I have loved, and I have had relationships that I have fought for. Mm-hmm. I have had relationships that I was in that weren't healthy. Um, And so ideally, when I look, I jokingly say, like, everybody got a favorite nigga. Yeah, my <laughs> sister says this, <laughs> and I just kind of adopted it. And it's a little <laughs> ratchet, but you know, whatever. And so mm-hmm. when I think about that, and, and,
1: and but honestly, they not favored across the board, girl. They favored in a category. They favored in a category like four. <laughs> and everybody has
2: their own place. I got one that's my favorite dancing partner. I know at the end of the day, and this was not even a man who had who I was pregnant. <laughs> this sounds horrible. I'm telling all my business. <laughs> but that would pick up the phone and just be like, I need to lock eyes on you because I know something's not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm or one that I know at the end of the day is going to wrap me up in everything that I need and brings me back to focus. An ex that I was with for 14 years that he was mad as hell that I was pregnant by somebody else. But when I was up in, on bed rest with a subchorionic hematoma call every day to make sure he prayed with me. So I feel like, um, and I feel like I'm off topic and I'm you sipping. Are, you but,
1: are not. No, um, because what you're saying is and what's important is that we all all of us have pain and areas Mm -hmm. for growth and so what i don't want anybody to walk away from is being like fuck black men because that's not it there's not enough there's not enough of them to go around so we know that Mm -hmm.
2: statistically the numbers are off
1: they could be sleep on a couch and get shot to death Uh but then in new york city an asian girl can get stabbed and call the popo but they can't get in the fucking apartment for 90 minutes and she dies that's all that's really interesting to me so you just shoot black men but you can't save the chinese girl in her apartment
0: oh the woes the first world problem
1: you know what i'm saying like it, it don't make no sense so that's what i'm saying like i i say that to say this shit is rigged and so nobody has to suffer. And so you might, you, I want every black woman to dream and then you got to deal in reality. Yeah. And what I don't want any black woman to stay on topic is let me tell you as a mother, I'm similar. I didn't talk to my dolls cause I was like, that shit ain't real. But I dressed them, yes. I swallowed them. <laughs> and when the water baby came out, I could still smell that weird rubber, but it kind of smells sweet. <laughs> and I had a black one, and I would swaddle her perfectly, and be at Costco with my my friend or my mama, and because my mama didn't have a Costco card, and people were like, "That's your baby," I was like, uh-huh "Don't touch," and it was real to me. Okay, I yeah. had the whole my shit was real. I was a mama, yeah. and I also believe, very real talk. I know I'm sarcastic and silly, all that. that I just do that because listen, I ain't got time to be crying. It's a
2: time. lot to process. Lot. It is a lot to process. We but are you, multifaceted in this journey. To
1: be a mama. You're a
2: mama. That's yeah. how I feel. And can I say something, Rachel? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: And whether you peed on a stick today and miscarried at four weeks, if you carried and got to know whether your child was a boy or a girl and you didn't get to meet them face to face, or if you got to hold your child but didn't get to take them home, mm-hmm. you are a mother.
0: Yes. Absolutely. If
2: you experience miscarriage at home, because this was a very tragic story that I heard and it touched my soul, she was not able to contain everything. And and Shaina, I appreciate you for giving this trigger warning at the beginning because this is a very sensitive topic. Yes. Um, but you know there are a lot of women who just don't know, don't have the tools, don't have the doulas, don't have the knowledge and experience and they call them flushers explain what what and if a you know a woman is at home and by themselves and that is the that is the the guilt that women carry with them because they miscarried at home alone and they went to the bathroom and their child came out
1: Hmm. I miscarried I miscarried in a public bathroom stall in a mall
2: my god
1: I'm I mean I was early enough where I couldn't
2: but that still matters but not that it was
1: crazy I mean it and that's the thing and I I was in the midst of my trauma I was like I'm just so glad I'm a mama because I don't know if I would have been able to hold my shit together had this happened and I wasn't yet a mom because at least I was like I have Samuel I've been pregnant I've had a baby. So at least I have a baby again. But the amount of women, black, white, green, and purple, that were like me too, me too, me too. I said, oh wait, 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 wait. And I have a very public job, and I have to be snatched in fucking spandex with my my belly out and this and, and I, I literally flushed my baby down the toilet for three days. And then put my spandex on. It was like, hey everybody, let's work it. That, that
2: is the part that I think we the Really get with.
1: That's because a
2: there is processing that needs to take
1: to, yeah. shape
2: there's no and form. Space for that, there's no space, and I'm glad these conversations are happening because that is the space that we need to like. My thing is take up space yeah. because we need to talk about these things, and we we are silently suffering traumas that if you don't give sound and voice to that really just they are
1: nightmares
2: yeah. that we have to figure out how to maintain yeah. and I'm about to get emotional
1: no oh, get emotional because once you miscarry your whole body
0: your changes
1: you lose your hair some people depending on how far they've gone have milk come in I mean Let me tell you yeah
2: I am grateful because Shayna and five of my other girlfriends, we are just so locked in with each other. And four weeks after I had my son lost him, they came to my house and it was really just like whatever we need to do. And they mm-hmm. took me to a rage room and I had not yet given sound mm-hmm. to that feeling. And then, you know, they give us the whole little talk about like, you know, call the emergency, you know, call 911 if something happens, whatever. And the little white girl ran in and she's like, oh my gosh, she's screaming. They was like, get out. She fine. Like, you know, it was really, you don't have space to process and be. And I think what is hard for Black women is that, like you just said, you you put on that face and you went back to work. When do we grieve? Yeah. When do we grieve our babies? When do we grieve our dreams? When do we grieve the fact that we're doing it alone anyway? The fact that we are just, like my desire to experience motherhood in a physical form, because like you said, at least I'm a mother. The girl that didn't have them two beautiful babies at home, but lost her baby and flush, she's still a mom too. Yeah, Because what happens is when I conceive a child, those dna that that dna that mixes yeah crosses dna will forever be a part of my body my life my soul he's ascended in the sky i speak to him every day he is my spirit guide some days it is hey mommy give give mommy strength yeah you know hey can you help mommy get through and other days it is how can i leverage the legacy of his life and what this little boy means to me Mm -hmm. to bless others in the world. Mm -hmm. But women don't feel safe enough. Yeah. A lot of times to have this conversation. And when I was going through, um, still am, but days are a little bit lighter. Um, people would say, you're just so strong. Mm -hmm. you're just so transparent you're just so whatever and I don't want to be anything I want to be Cross's mom and I want to heal and I want to be good and I want to make it whole to the other side Mm -hmm. but I'm grateful for the fact that without thinking I just chose to be transparent yeah Mm -hmm. because there were so many women and unfortunately I had to make a, a public Announcement in a way that I wasn't necessarily ready for because, in love, my dad posted on Facebook to say, "Please pray for my family." And everybody knew I was pregnant. And then my phone just started ringing, ringing, ringing while I was at the hospital. So by the time I came home and collected myself, Mm -hmm. I put together something just to post because I just wanted to say, in lieu of calls at this moment, we just kindly ask that you add us in our prayers. And I said we because I didn't want to hear his. Daddy out, but me, pray for me. Right, you right. Know? But um we it, it just there were so many women that were in my inbox, people that I knew intimately, people that I have been college friends with, people who I grew up with, people the, the stories that are untold we carry in our bodies always. And ironically, I, and again, y'all, I'm drinking, so excuse me. But I told, um, we have another girlfriend, Shayna and I, and her daughter was born the same day that Cross was. Me. And I just remember being like, oh, in the midst of my stuff, I'm super happy for my girlfriend. Yeah. And I sent her a message like six weeks ago. And I said, I had a dream about her last night. And she said, oh, that is so sweet. And I said, the dream was, I don't know why the hell I had her, because y'all live in another city and state, but the dream was that I had her, and I was rocking her, and I fed her, and y'all went to like a basketball game or something. And then she kept like hitting my stomach. And I said, for me, that was confirmation that God is going to deliver on the promises that he made me.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. that's beautiful.
2: And so this single motherhood by choice journey is one that I do not want women to be ashamed of. Not right. Because if there is such stigma. There is such, um, I, I really say trepidation because it's scary. You don't yeah. know what you're getting.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, if it's a known donor, the relationships change, you know, if, you know, hey, I just wanted you to give me some sperm. You know, really it gets down to the technicalities of it. And then they're like, oh, I want a co-parent. And then that's a conversation. Or, you know, I'm like, hey, I was already planning on going to a sperm bank. So if we do it just me and you, I don't want you to feel, you know, obligated to do. But I will appreciate to say that the minute I have in my life that have stepped up to volunteer want part. Mm -hmm. And then I'm about to blow y'all's mind with some other shit. There is an app, for everything yes
0: please blow these people's mind
2: yes so there is an app that i discovered and i'm sorry if i'm kind of taking too much of the floor
1: oh you got you got the right to um, (laughs) my wine bottle though
2: look i got my little you know um but there is an there's an app that's called just a baby So, for me, I'm like, yeah, the odds don't look forever in my favor at these sperm banks. Let me see what I can do, honey. And so.
0: not
2: just the baby. Just the baby child. Thank and you. how I came to find this app was to a really, really great resource. So I have to give them love and shout them out because they have really like just been a bomb in Kiliac. Look, she yeah. looks like that.
0: They have four stars on the iPhone. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. So I joined and, and be honest, like there are certain um, things that social media is just like extremely like horrible for but then there's also things that social media is just like so beautiful for so Instagram and Facebook have been like truly blessings for me as I've been embarking just upon just finding people who have experienced these journeys so I'm a part of a group called the Mocha SMBCs, and that's black women obviously single mother by choice and it's there's a podcast so check them out if you are um, interested but there were women that were on there and they were posting about just the baby. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And is this an app? And is this real? (laughs) So the things that like people don't tell you is like how limited the dating pool or look at me dating pool because it feels like a dating website, but how limited the pool is
1: You in the
2: sperm banks.
1: No, when my girlfriend told me that I was blown away and I said, well, damn, that makes
2: sense. Yeah, they sell out so fast you know, I might not jive with your genetic conditions. I got shit with me too. You know how we, this one's recessive. This one's recessive. You have two recessives. Y'all get together, have a baby, the baby dominant. Like it's a lot to take it. And so um, I found just a baby online and it literally is the craziest shit. It's like Bumble or Hinge or Tinder. It's swipe left, swipe right. Yeah, but so it's not limited to sperm. And that's why I say that family planning comes in a lot of different ways because there's no group to say, hey, I'm seeking this. Everyone's just a hodgepodge in the mix. Mm -hmm. So there are women who have um, issues, true issues with fertility and, well, not true, I don't want to say it like that because that sounds bad. So there are women who are looking for eggs Mm -hmm. for IVF. There are men who are giving sperm for IVF, IUI, or just, uh, you know, artificial insemination. The good old natural way girl, I found out PI, I was like, what is PI? And it's partial insemination. And yeah. And I was like, you got to dance for them and shit and get them ready. And then they go in and then they, I'm like, I'm not interested in that, but (laughs) then you also have surrogates on there who are looking for families and families are looking for surrogates so everybody is looking for a hodgepodge of anything and there are black men honey on there and so you know one of the most exciting parts is isn't this app free the app is free you will have men on there who are interested in being paid Even if you pay those men, that is still a great thing because it cuts out the middleman of actually having to go to the sperm bank and pay the fee. Mm -hmm. But then you have some people who are just like, yo, I have three kids of my own, but I was a gift baby is what they call them. So I'm willing to pay that forward. And I would like to help someone else get that gift.
1: Wow. So um, it, let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. I, actually, I have a student. She's not Black, but she's been a surrogate. It was one time and then two and then three times. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. And we she's a student of mine. We like were sort of, you know, imaginary friends. And then we actually got to meet and I wanted to learn more. I, I just, she has two children of her own and then was a surrogate um because of that notion of just being able to bless another family
2: I'm amazed at the gift it is a beautiful gesture. it's so
1: beautiful I think I would to- I think I would totally do it if someone like had an issue and I knew or whatever but um because I, I I'm like annoying I'm kind of that annoying chick who like loves being pregnant um <laughs> but um yeah I th- what if they're Cause I like to be solution oriented, and I feel like Black people have enough problems and enough fucking trauma. Let's
0: fix so, the child. Yeah. So, like,
1: how do we fix? You know, so with my nonprofit, I'm like, all right, when Black birth workers support Black birthing people, we have positive outcomes. So I can't really fix racism, but I know how to make sure we stay safe and, su- and successful, and not only survive but thrive. Because I'm over the Black survival narrative; I'm into the thriving, mm-hmm. and the abundance, and the joy. But. I, the, the the creative in me and the solution oriented in me is like, okay, can we have a social media campaign or something where we just continue to talk about this and give face to this um, because it's not a problem. It's um topic, it's a topic. Because yeah, if we were yeah. white people, it would be a topic or a category. Yeah, um,
2: girl. It was a you know, an it's initiative.
1: Not a trauma for them. It's like I chose this for us, it's like you know, something's broken. We ain't broken, it's just what it is. I'm choosing to do this. By the way, you know, it's like when you go on vacation as a black person and all the white people are, don't understand why you're there. And I'm like, you know. How and you they keep looking at you and smiling. Nice yeah.
2: well, they like, what, what do you do? What do you do? I'm
1: like, work? What do you do? Work?
2: Like you're a unicorn. I'm like, like plies. Plies. plies.
0: I get money, bitch. Yeah, I buy this yeah. motherfucker. Like qu- yeah. oh, wait. Did you guys see that? That was at like TikTok or whatever. Yes, God <laughs> want me to ball. That's why I'm I here. Right. That's why I'm here. He What's said, if you page? see black women at a
1: restaurant, oh shit, how did it go? He said. No, get what t-
0: occasion, we get money bitch yes. why was... <laughs> it's tuesday and i'm hungry right So <laughs>
1: <laughs> that shit was the best ever because it's real like i mean because isn't there the statistic that black women are like the most educated the highest earning like
0: all the yeah sorry
1: yeah. well
2: not to not to mistake that because i don't want to downplay us we don't want to be strong but we are the shit
0: we are let's go oh. Wait,
1: yeah wait,
0: I
2: mean. yeah so I definitely do believe in the beauty of your work because I will tell you too like I think it's generational mm-hmm. Um, like we went from having midwifery and everyone is like oh my god you know you have the midwife and you have this and you have this I am such a proponent so Rachel I'm looking forward to speaking with you more offline as well in regards to your doula work I think that that is not something that you should do if you do not feel called to do it I don't think that it is something that is fly by night we hear a lot of people that are getting into doula work right now specifically black women but I think that people are really stepping up to the charge because they know um and I'll be honest it is trauma like (laughs) you are doing the most incredible thing which is creating life and the one thing that I tell people is like you know in, in trying to find perspective and trying to find silver lining, like with my son, when I lost him, like that is literally the closest to death that you will ever be. Yeah. yeah. There's someone growing inside of your body. You're sharing DNA with, you're sharing space with yeah. at one moment, their heart is beating Yeah, and then the other moment it is not. And so it's something that I'm more comfortable with speaking about now, but like birth work, you are called to. Yeah, And, and, and so It's one of those things where as we look now and it's like everyone says that, oh, I'm a doula. I don't think that's faddish. I think that is us waking up to say, we are not our sis, you know, we're not our sisters keepers, like we are our sisters. So Mm -hmm. I just really commend Rachel and the work that she's doing. I'm going to also shout out my doula through thick and thin um she's based out of Atlanta Georgia I had an interview with her literally six days before I gave birth to cross no contract no money paid we were supposed to have a consultation the day that he was born and she showed up without fail and wouldn't still to this day not accept a dime like black women we care about the sanctification like this just the livelihood, the prospering, the the blessing that we are to this world and to we are who we are to each other, and so I think that this work is so sacred and it's so important, and so I just want people to realize that like the midwife is for the baby, mm-hmm. the doula is for you,
0: you, mm-hmm.
2: it's for you, and you know it's one of those. I'm sorry. Yo. I'm just, I'm doing a lot.
1: No, you're not. You're telling it to keep continuing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's just- important that we understand because here's the deal. We know what a doula and a midwife is. A lot of sisters, you say that they're like, bitch, I ain't trying to have no baby in outside. I ain't trying mm-hmm. to have no baby. when no I don't baby. want no
0: baby at home. You want
1: me to have a baby in my city. I don't want that. Now, not this, all of us, I had but a conversation,
0: you're absolutely right, Rachel, because I had a conversation with the part one of this series, we were talking about some of these same things, and me, I told him, I said a lot of things, I may be a little ignorant too, that's why I'm literally sitting here listening, I'm soaking this all in, but I asked, we had one um, awesome guest, she is an OB and a doula, so she gets to sit on both sides of the table, oh, Wow,
1: interesting. and
0: um, yeah, and she was so dope, and I was like, do people still use midwives? She's like, yes, they do. Because I'm thinking like in the Victorian old times, I'm thinking like, don't use them. Girl, not She's the, like, yes, they, not the she, white people. Yeah, but she explained it exactly like you did. You know, that they care for the, the birthing process, the baby, the doula. She, exactly how you said it is exactly how yeah, she- Yeah,
2: the midwife is for the baby. The doula is for you. Because for me being pregnant during a pandemic and one hospital tours are shut down to I don't really know what to expect I can't go to Lamaze I can't go to birthing classes I can't do all of this stuff that she was willing to come into my house and let's work on this let's work on visualization practices let's work on breathing techniques let's work on all of these things that I'm sure Rachel will be able to speak more to than me but it was one of those things that like let me know that she's like we have fun I'm gonna get you home yeah we're going to twerk this baby out. We're going to have a good time. I can't wait to meet him. You know, it it felt very, um, and you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to hire a doula and then, okay, tomorrow, like I have a doula. Like it has to be connectivity there. Like you have to feel that connection. And this is someone who, I personally don't have a problem because I'm a tear the roof off type of person with advocating for myself, but you have people that are not comfortable. But,
1: but that goes to being strong. When you're in the middle of having a motherfucking baby and you're in labor, that is not a time to be advocating for yourself while you're trying yeah. to do a contraction. So yeah. I need everybody to say, of course, when I said MF and my baby didn't walk in the room, but
0: I love the realness of it.
1: I'm having wine and he's having his beverage. I didn't oh, buy him some Martinelli's and he didn't drink the whole thing. Come
0: on, apple juice.
1: <laughs> he's like, I need a new bottle. Pop the new bottle, mommy. Yeah, like, come on, apple juice, pop bottle. But I need everybody to understand because we do need to address, we, oh. yes, baby. You uh, need your Martinelli's. I really want more
2: beverage. Okay, so open oh. the, the <laughs> bottom drawer and go to the <laughs> marcanelli. <bottom laughs> he meets Said
1: it by brand name. I need some more I need beverage. Because you know, he, his mama drink a beverage now and, and then. <laughs> um so so number one no no woman needs to advocate for themselves while giving birth that shit is crazy so we are really wrong because mama's not centered in the process anymore and so as women period maternal health sucks in america and everybody thinks America is great so they adopt thank
2: you for saying this
1: they think that whatever we do is great so they adopt the way in which we do shit and so now maternal health across The world sucks because everybody's getting interventions and C-sections and people ain't breastfeeding and it's just a hot ass mess. So if I want to keep it 100 now, when I was young, I just was like, I hate OBs. It's all they fault. Well, it's not all they fault because you know what? They got a limited toolbox just like a doula has yep. her limited toolbox and just like the nurse has her limited toolbox and the lactation council has her limited toolbox and the daddy got his limited toolbox and the mama got her limited toolbox and the baby got his limited Everybody toolbox. just trying
0: to put people Everybody together.
1: has their role. Trying to stack hands. But what I can tell you is ain't nobody in this world, go get your cup, baby. Ain't nobody in the world gonna be here without a mama. Yeah. So what I need everybody to do is center the mama. mama. Because I don't care. Oh, I need to open it. Like, you know, if we gonna take it there, Trump and all these fools who don't like women. I said, fool, you would not be here without your mama.
0: Yeah. Let him tell her yeah. his mama didn't deliver him. He just, you know, she's probably yeah, you, you arrived. You, yeah, he you arrived.
1: arrived. <laughs> You're you not nobody's second coming, first choice of 58 choice, of 166. So okay okay give me two seconds I'm gonna finish my thought I'm gonna open your, your, your beverage yeah. so mamas need to be centered and the birth were yeah. not centered I'm gonna leave you no. with this thought and then I'm gonna go be yeah. a mom and I'm come right back okay, okay. wives were, were black women African slaves it was by design that they made midwives into witches and all this other BS because wow. white, men, white men realize, damn, I'm making a whole lot of babies by rap- raping wow. black women and my woman and everybody wow. else's woman. And I can make a lot of money off of delivering babies, but they didn't know what they were doing because they didn't adopt the techniques of midwifery. And so they threw us in wards, disease spread. They didn't wash their hands. Women died in childbirth at the hands of white men who didn't know what they were doing. So please know that when you go into a hospital and you think you need to be in a hospital, that's because a white man knew that he could make money making you think you needed to be there at his hands when he didn't know what he was doing. So let me tell you something. Okay.
2: I came home. With a bill for nine, excuse me, twenty seven thousand nine hundred forty six dollars and fifty two cents, without my child. Twenty
0: seven. You
2: say twenty seven thousand. Twenty seven thousand, without my child. (sighs) Did Did you? That will make you speechless. Oh yeah. Because I opened that shit and said oh, this is above me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This ain't it. Because, and and I want to speak to something also that Rachel gently touched on. Mm -hmm. I feel, think, speak, and just live that I did everything right. Yeah. I went to the Black Fertility Specialist. I went to the Black reproductive endocrinologist. I had an HSG with a Black x-ray tech. I conceived with a Black man. I had a Black OB, like all of these things. And it was very important to me mm-hmm. to have Blackness in full scope yeah. so that it was, there was never a question about whether I was not in pain but she wants drugs or who's listening to me and all of these things and i still had the outcome that i had yeah so while i want women to choose to to continue to commune with us in medical spaces and to select those who hear us i also want to be very cognizant to say that just because you did all the things right doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the the outcome, yeah. or and like don't beat yourself right. up if yeah. you don't have that yeah. outcome. Yeah.
1: The other thing is, their education is rigged, and not you have to understand. Like I've spoken to black midwives who said they had to take a year or two off of midwifery school because the shit is racist. And we were the ones who did the midwifery. We made it. I said, how they gonna take what we created and make it racist? Can somebody explain that? So you got, when you talk about obstetrics, I have talked to obstetricians that didn't even know what a doula was. What? That had a day of breastfeeding education, if that, by a man. Or
2: uh, OBGYNs who say, I prefer my patients
0: not to have doulas. Hold on, wait, wait. Now, mind you on the last episode, Erica, who is the great OB and doula, she said that she's sat in situations where, you know, she's been the doula. She wasn't the OB and doctors had literally told her like, you need to take that hat off. Like you need to pick one side of the coin. Because they want to have full control.
2: Of everything that is happening within that room. Yep. And I mean, so like, some of the doulas speak to them yeah. contradicts some of the OB speak. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, that's why you know, and I, I, my reproductive endocrinologist and my OB through my process, I have chosen. And Shana, you and I have talked about this intimately. Yeah. yeah. I've chosen to move forward with the doctor who actually birthed Cross because she let me know that she saw me. Yeah. And you call the plays here. I'm affirming your motherhood. Who you want in this room is for you. What you would like to do. Do you want the epidural? Because it was gone on me. Yeah. In that moment that I'm doing everything that I can to advocate and save my child when I realized that I cannot, that I'm going to have to deliver and Mm -hmm. push Yeah. That she made things feel good to me when my OB, who was black and is nice and is all of the things, did not. She was delivering somebody else's baby at another hospital. She didn't come for me. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, she was trying to send me home when my water broke. His foot was at the base of my cervix and she still said, there's nothing else we could do for you here, but go home and wait for him to come and i said i'm not going home to do this in my house i'm not equipped my mother is not equipped
1: Sent you home with a 20 week old baby to go
2: listen she tried to send me home you know me in the last how long we've been talking you know that didn't go the way it was yeah it was trying to go i mean
1: i hate to do that but let me tell you i know my girlfriend was told there are black obese females that have told women you 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 weren't made to have a baby you can't have a baby so listen
2: all skin folk and kin folk so we have to be uh, vigilant
1: there's that but it's also like again we have to understand that we enter a system that was not made for us Exactly, Mm -hmm. it was
2: really not made for them to be black obstetrics. like be absolutely that's
1: what i'm saying so, last- oh, she, she we, we got to break it all the way down. So of there was course. this man called Dr. Marion Sims. I need y'all to yeah. okay. tell us.
0: He,
1: a- he, slaves were raped by him and his boys. He cut mm-hmm. us open to fine tune cesarean sections without anesthesia. Let me say that again and again and again. He and a lot of
2: times without consent.
1: Well, no, no, no. This was in the 1860s.
2: Okay. So there absolutely,
1: was no there was no consent. Yeah. So he was fine-tuning cesare- the cesarean section.
0: So what, laying women down that were pregnant to fine-tune like how to do a C-section? No, well, he was
1: doing C-sections I'm on saying, the so slaves. Like,
0: like practicing. Yes.
1: Practicing on us. Yes, ma'am. Practicing on us after we were raped because the census shows that those of babies course. were a lot of mixed race. So you rape the slave. She comes a full term. You cut her open without anesthesia. So many of us survived. And so they deduce that black women do not feel pain the same way in which white women feel pain. And that shit holds true today. So when Mm -hmm. you say, how is there a black maternal health crisis? If I go to the doctor, I'm like, my tooth hurt, my pinky toe hurt, my ankle hurt, my pussy hurt. My baby's foot is at the base of my service. People are like, you good girl, you strong. No, Mm -hmm. the fuck I'm not. Like something's wrong. So why we're dying is in childbirth when you're like, something's not right.
0: They
1: dismiss us. They dismiss us
2: my please don't send me home turned very quickly into I am not leaving yeah right. because you have to and that sucks because at that point with me having my doula it was everything over the phone and my mom was there so she's just like whatever you need I will be but something else just kicked in for me right. that's like yeah. no nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going home and we was in that group chat like, you, you she ain't going home. Like, yeah, we are. I am not going home. not going home. And You're so my doctor then comes in two and a half hours later and says, well, I think we can go ahead and put it in your chart that we're going to give you some antibiotics. And I was like, I don't care what you chart. I don't care what the insurance company says. I'm going to deal with that after the fact, just like, you know, anybody else, bill yeah. collectors and such. I'm not going home because that is not going to be the memory that I have in my home. On top of the fact that when my water broke, it was 5 a.m. And I just turned from my left side to my right. And literally, I got is up, defrosted my car and drove myself because the, the ambulance was not going to be there in enough time to the hospital. Man, I, I was 20 weeks question? to the day. Did and thank ever- God it wasn't 19 because they would have left me waiting in the emergency room. By pure I virtue that that a- day a- I turned 20 weeks, I was able to go straight upstairs to the neonatal unit.
0: So had you not been 20 weeks, you said you would have had to wait in the emergency
1: I would room. have
2: had to wait. When I pulled up, I threw my car and park in front of the emergency room. And the lady was trying to take temps at the door and I was holding my crotch my water broke and i was running to the elevator and she said you need to move your car and i said i will deal with that later move and ran to the elevator so there is a general disposition for black women who are in pain who are suffering and it is literally between life and death for them and their child because hospital policy because covid precaution Literally, my water is breaking in my seat and I'm trying to throw my mask on to be able to run through the emergency room. Right. So what I say all of that to say is you are your best advocate if you don't have a doula. And another thing that I'm going to say is- Trust your
1: instincts.
2: Trust your instincts. And fuck a white coat. Fuck the
1: letters behind somebody's name. Trust your instincts. Absolutely.
2: And I'll be honest in saying, Rachel, I dealt with guilt for a very long time because while my doula was great and I love her and I'm going to continue to work with her when I conceive again, but I didn't know what I didn't know with this being my first pregnancy. Mm. So when I went that Wednesday at 4 PM and I had my anatomy exam for my 20 weeks and they said, Hey, everything looks good. Everything feels good because his father wasn't there. I took pictures of every scan that came on the screen. Mm -hmm. And I specifically said, because I actually had to tell girl, slow down a little bit, sis. I don't know what you're looking at. And I would like for you to explain this to me. Mm -hmm. And again, that's another thing, you know, these these texts. Oh, yeah.
0: Everybody is not on their third baby. And even if it was, like the last Erica said, if you walk in the hospital and they say, is this your first or is this your... It, it don't, it, it don't matter. fucking matter it, don't, it don't, matter. don't matter why are you asking me so you could treat me differently if it's my fifth or my first, like why are you asking so because I, or didn't where's your what husband? I didn't my friend is
1: know. they yes. asked that to my friend in the middle of covid she had a baby and they were like are you married where's your husband bitch what the
2: is fuck fucking put bitch? this iv in my arm and get gone like and what but... what they don't realize is that okay so I took these pictures everything was fine Wednesday 4 p.m. I was above average for my cervical length mm-hmm. so between then That's and the I was Friday morning yeah. at 5 a.m. my
0: shit just let out like almost 12 hours later well maybe 36 at that point oh, okay okay you did say four okay I got you this. yeah so did but you ever
1: offer a circluge where they sew your cervix
2: no and so that is another reason why I have chosen to move forward with a different doctor because their circlage was never offered because at that moment, I never showed any signs or precipice of that. There was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I will say, because at 11 weeks, I had a subchorionic hematoma and I was, I think I had more Ultrasounds than anyone who went full term 40 weeks and had a healthy baby. I had so many ultrasounds. I well, spent that's
1: like a whole nother topic that we can yeah. get into because if you're having a healthy pregnancy, they have you come in for all those extra bullshit sonograms because they make money off of them. That's yes. why you only yes. need like two, 13 weeks and 20 weeks, and that's it. We can get into that. That's a whole nother. Topic. Let
2: me also get into the fact that if my insurance, like, don't think for a fact that I am only insurance reliant. If I want to pay, bitch, bill me. Yeah, yeah. If I want another ultrasound, give it to me. Yeah. Because yeah. I would rather pay for peace of mind yeah. than no. anything else. Yeah. So, whatever my insurance pays for, okay, sis, they'll write you the check. After that, send me the bill. Yeah. Right. And I'll deal with that how it because what you you can get money
0: what did you run into did you run into people giving you issues about like payment and stuff or something like they were trying to run you up front like what was
2: so I actually do I can say that I have good insurance and that I just had to make one payment and then what would happen was everything on the back end was going to be paid at the end Mm -hmm. so when I was going every whatever for these tests I didn't have to pay per visit but they still want to treat you as such
0: yeah.
1: yeah.
2: And so my feeling and my thought is, I don't give a fuck if I owe you a unicorn at the end of my delivery. Like I asked for this and I want it to be done. So I think I'm just a bold spirit anyway, and very um, confrontational and I'm not just like, don't take no for an answer. So there are people that I know would just be like, okay, and lay down for whatever. I was very much so an advocate until I didn't, like I said, I didn't hire my doula until I was 19 weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was able to say, oh no, we're going to do that ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to send me home. Mm-hmm. I will tear all this shit up in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In it all, I got a all.
1: woman that I talked to recently. She's um, now Canadian, but like her mom's from Ukraine. Her dad's like a doctor from Ghana. And her she got her hair braided before she had her baby in canada when she got into lnd in labor they're like where's your partner do you have insurance and she's like oh shit, i shouldn't have got my hair braided the fuck, you shouldn't be thinking I I should, I she no. normally has her hair pressed and looks mixed and looks like a nice jewelry well, first of all, nobody has. Even if you are married, like nobody's wearing rings when you're at full term. Like nobody's going into labor. Like who goes to bed with all that? Like you of that matters, right? You are. Just- are just-
0: yeah. you like, like what?
1: Yeah, are and just- so, it, I, I'm sharing this because this is the shit that people have to think about. Yeah. And this is a woman who got plenty of resources, and she was treated like shit with her white husband. Okay, in Canada so the shit is real and oh, we don't need to be burdened with trying to appear as if we can pay a bill because guess what guys no. there's a lot of pink white green and purple people that have babies all the time and survive that can't pay their damn bill right so enough to with the
2: that is a pure yeah. capitalistic way put it on my credit bill me
1: yeah yeah but like so it's just, again, it's just a reminder. When you talk about a black maternal health crisis, when you talk about stress, like a lot of us aren't even able to Mom. deliver because Mom. we stall because yeah. we're so stressed. And so it's important. Yes, baby. Let me <laughs> say this one thing about the cervix. The cervix doesn't open <laughs> stressed. And black women need, I think it's safe to say, are stressed. And so yeah. Yeah, when the cervix doesn't open, and I give the analogy such as this, You know, I'm a New Yorker and I've lived in Cali. So I'm like, all right, Fifth Avenue, Michigan Avenue, Rodeo Drive. A dog ain't going to give birth in the middle of Michigan Avenue, Rodeo Drive, Fifth Avenue, because it's not safe. So when you enter a hospital setting with people that aren't listening to you, strapping you to machines, checking on clipboards, but not looking at you in your eye and ever caring how you're doing. Yeah it's a problem. Your body understands you're not safe, let alone mm-hmm. your mind knows the statistics of black women, not surviving their birth. Our babies not surviving, uh, you know, all of the things. And so your body physically is not opening. So then they start poking and prodding and intervening oh. and pitocin and all these things. And so oh my it's, God. it's called a domino effect of interventions. Mm-hmm. And this sec- that's why black women have a crazy amount of C-sections Number one is because they're not in there like helping you breathe and shit and birth and all that. They don't care.
2: That's the doula role.
1: Yeah. Right. That's why you need a doula. Everybody needs a doula. I don't care if you pink, mm-hmm. rich, real rich and blue. An
2: insurance company should cover, cover doulas doula. without having to express that there is a high risk to the mother. Every birth should, everybody
1: deserves a doula. Everybody, everybody
2: should have a doula.
1: Absolutely, and I'm gonna say this: I saw in New York City how privileged white women were treated with me as their doula, and I said, "Good goddamn!" Well, where does that leave the rest of us? Because yeah. they weren't treated well. So what? Entire straight hear, Right, white women aren't treated well when they're delivering their babies. So uh, you definitely need a doula. You need you need to know. You need to advocate for yourself. And I understand everybody's like, oh my god, I, my baby's a pineapple and then a grapefruit and all this other BS. You know, it, it don't matter what stroller you have, what baby bag, you know, Gucci bag oh, and all this bullshit. You need to, ain't nobody, no baby need no Gucci, nothing. They need, you need to survive your birth and so does your baby. You need to breastfeed your baby. And if you don't know how and you never seen it, then get the education, the resources, and the tools. All that money you wasted on a Gucci bag because they don't care about us. um, You need to spend on educating and empowering yourself (laughs) to have a beautiful pregnancy and a birth. And I'm telling you,
0: Living. You are, but you're absolutely right because i said this i said nothing against gender reveals i love them i said but if i had to say somebody was going to spend some money on i had to choose a gender reveal or a doula or getting a lactation specialist or a lot of other things that erica was saying on the other last show Callie. Pelvic floor get,
1: therapist pelvic, that's what it was she a said pelvic pelvic floor
0: yeah I said, What's a pelvic floor therapist so it was like all these things she was telling me and i'm like if we have to choose people you know um if you want people to contribute to some, contribute to those things, if it may not be affordable, or even if it is, you know, put the money where it really counts. Because someone also said people did, they had a baby shower, but in lieu of giving gifts that they said, well, mate, it was a fund to go towards all mm-hmm. the specialists that we need to make yep. sure that we- Whatever the- works. Yeah. Whatever
2: works. I was not Um, i'm not gonna say i was anti-gender reveal but to me i don't know for some reason i thought cross was gonna be a girl so like it just was not a thing for me but even now like even greater perspective that like moving forward in this next pregnancy i i I don't care i want my child to be healthy (laughs) um but doula work is important doula work is sacred yeah Doula work is necessary. Absolutely. Um, I have considered it myself. I don't necessarily know that for me I will actually move through with birth doula work. I think I may move with end of life mm. doula work. Mm-hmm. Um but I know that there's something peaceful and sacred that happens happens in transition. Mm-hmm. And I want to speak to also, I shared something on Facebook not that long ago, and it was um, actually it was a couple of days ago. If you birth a baby, please, please, please watch for the symptoms after you deliver. Mm-hmm. If it's a headache, if it's blood pressure, if it is whatever, intuition knows, your body knows, speak And and again, that's where the doula comes in. I was grateful that my doula was not only offering um, pre or so like antenatal services, but she was willing to be there through the birth and then also postpartum services, I don't care if it is just to hold your baby so you can go and sleep for two hours. Yeah. Or if you need her to make your Instacart checklist or do your laundry or whatever, you know, please make sure that you're taking care of yourself, not just pre-baby, but when the baby gets here, because those are things that really set up a healthy and successful afterbirth experience. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of times saves lives. Um, yeah. I think that we need to continue having these conversations because they're so important to the overall health and well-being of Black women. Um, you know, uh, we definitely went so many places but in this conversation. Oh.
1: So, but yeah. I think it's important just to give facts. I think um, because they're not readily available for women period, but especially black women. So we, I feel like Brooke Shields said that she had postpartum depression. We all kind of remember that if you're old enough and then Tom Hanks shamed her. And now we're at P MADS, which is like postpartum mental anxiety disorders. So there's a spectrum. Okay. Yeah. So I love now that it's, it's a spectrum essentially Um, anywhere from like baby blues to psychosis, where you're like visualizing murdering your baby. Um, I've had multiple friends at psychosis and they recognize like, oh shit, I keep visualizing killing my baby in the oven or drowning my baby in my pool or throwing them out of the window or putting them in the dryer. And then I can't get rid of that thought. And that's crazy and it's not normal and I don't want to do that so luckily the friends I had felt safe enough to tell their partner or their friend like I keep having these thoughts and they got help but there are women that are afraid or guilty I'll never forget I shared because it's real like I was blessed to not fall in the spectrum but let me tell you sis having a baby is a lot
0: it's a lot
1: It's a lot of your mama. It's a lot of you got a me, and it's a lot of you got resources. It's a lot. You got a whole ass human come out your vagina, or your, be- or you got your whole shit up cut out. Your organs thrown on the table. Your uterus cut. A person thrown out of there, and then they put all back sew you together, and like, here your baby. Go home have a good life. Like what? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then if you know if you're breastfeeding, then you're like, shit. I thought I didn't have my baby. Now I gotta keep my baby alive with my body for still. And what if I don't have enough milk? And then that's a whole. And if a
2: baby does not latch or if that, you don't okay. continue to produce to
1: talk about this. milk black women's the percentage of black women breastfeeding is like at 35 and that shit is a problem because i need everyone to understand my aunt is like 76 years old and that is when formula companies came out Mom. and they were predatory to black women they Mom. gave my auntie Mom. and all of us shots to dry our milk so we Mom. would buy their bullshit Mom. milk Mom. But, yes babe um where's my suitcase and he said, Where you going? You he said to wear you his suitcase like he's traveling
0: he's baby he, <laughs> he said i got somewhere to be <laughs>
1: just
2: let him in the frame because he just wants the time
1: hey yeah, <laughs> he's like i'm gonna come up with something Did so live- it's important that we understand that Mom, yes baby i want my suitcase because i want my other spider-man yo-yo your other spider-man yo-yo i don't think it's in your suitcase yeah it is. okay when i finish you know i don't so I'm- that's
2: okay get get my man his spider-man no no no. (laughs) go ahead no
1: but it's important that um because I think this goes back to wet nursing and all of that and how the black female body has never been respected since the inception of this country but uh and and we need to deal with that and how Mm -hmm. we're over sexualized and all of that oh
0: gosh
1: and if, and if you're a victim of sexual abuse, how that experience affects your birth, your pregnancy, your breastfeeding, it's very real and you have to deal with that stuff. Yeah. Um, but breast is best. That is not to say you won't have some beautifully healthy baby. If you know, like Malcolm X's mom, who I think was a crackhead. Like he, you know, there's brilliant people who had crazy ass. Have crazy situations. experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but let's not get away from breast is best. Like your breast milk will literally change if your baby got a runny nose to liquid gold. It's yeah. liquid gold. And don't yeah. let anybody deter you from that. And black people in particular, we need to understand most of us have, have an uh, uh, an allergy to lactose. That's cow's milk American. And then let me just also say this, because I know black women are listening. It is weird that we, we are the only species that feed our babies, non-species specific milk. So that sounds real complicated. You, are, you, a are, you are a human being giving them cow's milk. That doesn't make any sense. So you it's have a cow. Milk. A cow's milk is for cows. And so our milk is for us and we are allergic to that. So it just doesn't even make sense. And if you have trouble making milk, the alternative doesn't need to be formula from cows. It could be donor milk from another woman. And so that's also a
0: how do you pursue that? I have never, I've seen a never. Yeah, there's donor
1: milk. I mean, there's different banks, like milk banks. And okay. so that's also important because it, it affects their tummy. Um, it's also, I think, for our community to understand that bottle feeding is directly um, related to SIDS and okay. obesity. Okay. Because if you imagine, especially black people, we like you gonna eat everything on your plate. You gonna finish this bottle. We oh, like yeah. to be yeah. full, right? Definitely. And so you can't force feed a breast. It's not a thing. If a baby's I done, know. they pop off and they're done yeah. and they're satiated, and their signs like their hands open and soften, and then they yeah. just you can't force breast milk because they gotta get it out. But yeah. a bottle you can kind of force, and it's easier to chug a bottle than it is yeah. a breast. So. um I mean, I can do a whole breastfeeding thing, but- uh, But tell it,
0: more about that that part about getting donor milk. So if breastfeeding isn't working out because it's a lot of hard work. And I know some women do it.
1: Some women will just give up on it. Some they feel like it's not- for Right, them. a lot of us just don't have a support. We don't have the support on our jobs, yeah, right? And I like to bring up that a woman that's high powered in her career as an executive and a woman that's working an hourly job at say CVS, yeah. both have a very similar problem. They don't feel safe to advocate for themselves and get what they need. And they both really need their jobs, right? Right. People in the middle, I feel like, feel a little safer to kind of ask what they need. But, you know, the Black woman at a table with executives of only white men when either with grown kids or no kids like she's not gonna be like I have to pump every two hours and like they step away pump you know right they don't feel safe enough to ask I mean I've had as an actor so when I had Samuel I his first year of life I did four plays mm-hmm. and I'm away a lot doing like rehearsal and nighttime shows and the whole thing right, right. and I've throughout But when my first show, he was about four months and went through a growth spurt and I couldn't keep up with the pumping. And so I just told them he'll be here on my breaks so I can breastfeed. And then on my other breaks, I'll pump. And I've had, I had two amazingly successful black female actresses, like truly, they called me like, what do I do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you do? Like, you don't ask, you just tell them like, I'm going to pump or he's coming to set and that's it. You don't ask. So there's no asking you tell and it, and, and, and that's what it is. I don't want any woman ever in their life to not breastfeed their baby or in their breastfeeding journey, because they need to go back to work. Um, full stop. I also don't believe in all of us covering to breastfeed because no one else eats with a sheet over their face and that's weird as shit. So if I, you know,
0: like, do you put your sheet I'm over agreeing.
1: your hands Like, I remember my mother-in-law was like, I feel like sometimes, you know, she's from Bama Chow. She like, sometimes you take the shirt, you show your breasts more than others. I'm like, it depends if I'm pulling my titty out from the bottom or pulling right. it up. From the top. Like, I don't know. All I know is if my baby is hungry, he gonna get fed. And if you had a problem with me feeding my baby, that's your problem and not mine. I'll feed him in the middle of 125th. I'll feed him in the airplane Come on now about what I'm not doing is pumping or feeding him in nobody's bathroom. Do you eat in the bathroom? the hell? Or, No, no, no. So I yeah. think
2: the society's discomfort with breastfeeding comes from dis- society's discomfort with associating our bodies with anything other than sexual nature.
0: Hmm. So, this uh, discom- society's discomfort with everything. Their discomfort with uh, males talking about infertility. Their discomfort with breastfeeding in public. Their discomfort with um, black women advocating. For- like
2: society is just in general, in general, uncomfortable with women's bodies and the way in which we choose to move forward. Which is why I think that there is such a stigma around single moms by choice. And how we choose, I mean, there's autonomy there. Yeah, yeah. In a way that is not, um, one, not celebrated, but two, not appreciated. Not
0: appreciated.
2: But if I say, I don't need this man Mm -hmm. to be active present day, In order for me to raise a healthy and happy and thriving child, there's that nose that turns up to that. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love to have
0: that, but
2: I'm not going to not be a mother in the physical form because a man didn't quote unquote
0: act right. Act right. You're right. And because the thing is, I'm just glad you said that one. I posted this on Instagram recently. People have kids that are married and the marriage doesn't work out. And then they're a single mom. Mm-hmm. Some people have no desire to be married and they have a child in a relationship. It doesn't work out. <clears throat> now they're a single mom. Unfortunately, sometimes people pass away, and now I'm a single mom. You know, according to Kiana's mantra, I'm gonna have to put her have a I'm gonna send her this little clip. She loves standing yes. she loves him. I don't need no man to raise kids like so. Like, <laughs> kids because
2: the the nieces so, are amazing. Yeah, they fine.
0: She like look at them. They okay. So yes. But I, everything you're saying is very true. And, and something I read today actually said that more women are opting to opting to go this route. And some feel like I'm going to have my baby now and I will worry about the mm-hmm. daddy later like it's not because
2: the, what happens is it's not to say that that family dynamic ever it's changes gone
0: or that is gone oh, hope it's yes not gone. Sure, no still, I'm a woman too. let
2: me tell you, you something know. and if, if your viewers I'm not on video but if they can Listen. feel my energy yeah yeah like I know that my story is a little bit different it's me and the baby carriage and yes. don't think that shit is less appetizing, less appealing, less desirable, less anything. I, you know, again, unfortunately, Cross is not here. But I will go forth and say, I had so many dudes that was like, you went through this again? I got you. Yeah. Like
0: friends, exes,
2: nah, sis. my one of my sisters um she's not with her children's father anymore and she has two girls and she's like she's a nurse she's like a nigga don't stop this show like I still get that popping you know she is you know financially independent she is a career professional a homeowner, a boss ass mom, and she was like, I need a you know. Point
1: to understand that these kids do not steal your sexy, honey. No.
2: no, they still, no, I, no. Think
1: I I I honestly think we should um, bring up that the kids still the daddy sexy a lot of time because they comfortable. Yeah. They like, we together, we got these babies. I'm like, I'm bored. Not
2: the mama though, step daddy
1: central.
0: Baby, when I tell you, you are still a viable source. These men yes. will still be there. Those because baby. the
2: totality of who you are is not like totally dependent upon yeah. the child you have or the lot in life that you are, you know, financial. Like, there are men, and again, bounces back to male infertility, there's some men that can't have kids. And exactly. so they will no. lovingly yeah. take care of you and your child and are committed to become family as one. It's, it the, That is not the end of your rainbow. I fully believe that I'm going to have a child by the end of 2022. We're going to speak that into existence. Speak it into existence. Uh, Baby Boo has a tribe of aunties and uncles and just family that is awaiting the arrival. And there are, whether it's a boy or a girl, father figures in the mix that are, are happily willing to serve up themselves in service of my child. A,
0: and that's a beautiful thing because I think what we have to move away from, because this is from way back when the number one thing i think why people have this issue or this judgment around single mom by choice or having a child out of wedlock is shame shame that goes way back to the things that rachel talked about that has been placed up on us to make us feel like we are less than a woman or less than a person because i have a child on my own and we as a society have to make a conscious decision to move away from that because there are a lot of variables and a lot of reasons that just go into these decisions it's much bigger than just saying and, and it's 2022 you know our grandparents great grandparents whoever they really did need the man
1: they did financially if nothing else right Honey, options were limited made another choice a lot of women would have made another choice. listen made another choice. listen yeah
2: if there was some financial viability if there were some other employment opportunities, if there was not such a stigma in the community, I know several of them that would have made other choices. Even our mothers would have made other choices. I really 100% wholeheartedly think that we are of the generation that is really considering peace and sound like body, mind, and spirit.
0: Above everything,
2: above everything else, like YOLO the fuck, like it's.
1: But it's just and I
2: may be some
1: demons. People uncomfortable is triggering traumas and all that stuff. Yeah, and so what but I, you know
2: what? With triggers and traumas, there's also triumph.
1: Correct. Yeah. So
2: I don't think we have, have to be your limited
1: for you. You can't relive nobody else's. And what I will share that's personal enough for tonight <laughs> is that. I make my choices for me and that might trigger my mama's trauma, my daddy's trauma, my aunt's trauma, or whatever, or make them uncomfortable because they are like, ooh, you free, girl, you more free than I am. I said that's fine, but I'm not I'm not making choices if I make a choice that's different than what you chose, I am not shaming you or judging you for what you did. What I'm telling you is what I need to do is be whole for me and my babies. And so if that is with their daddy or without their daddy or with you or without you or with this friend or without that friend, whatever it looks like, Okay. Again, it's back to peace. It's back to joy. I founded my nonprofit because I want to, I want black people to disconnect from trauma. heal. well, let me, let me say this. I'm, I'm multitasking as a mama in this podcast. I want us to heal from our pain and our traumas. I want us to reconnect to our joy and abundance. That is our birthright. And so We must do what we need to do for us. And all the answers lie here and there. And so you don't need any validation from anybody Mm -hmm. else. And as Black women, if we keep it there, we grind. We are strong and and resilient. So if somebody don't understand what you got going on, who gives a fuck? And also,
2: let's be clear in saying that joy in itself, its totality in existence is by itself an act of resistance.
0: Yep. Absolutely. That
2: you can have joy and that you can feel the abundance of the love around you, whether it is the man that you have procreated with, somebody who you just, you know, dealing with or whatever. I 100% can say when I lost Cross, his father was not missed because I needed him. He was missed because that was my child's father and he fell short. But I had every resource that I needed in terms of my family, in terms of my friends, in terms, which I don't even call them my friends, they're my sisters and community and tribe. And I think that women, I would love for us to not be afraid. I'm going to bring this up because it came up not long ago, Vivica Fox did an interview that said that she did not become a mother because she didn't feel like she could do it on her own because she didn't have the man. God forbid you walk through life and feel like you can't do A because of B. Yeah, I don't, and and I feel so many feel...
1: successful Black women. Think about that, and women, period, right? When you have success, and I just got it. I just recently got a taste of a cuter coin and mm-hmm. it's come on cute a, coin it's a cutie coin it was, a, it was a, a skinny hungry coin not that long ago but it, it's a double standard mm-hmm. it really is it, and and um it's this thing it's this fine thing where you're like i could do it all or i could afford it all but you're not supposed to do it all. you know it's it's very yeah. scary it, it's um, a it's it's a whole 10 of the podcasts i don't know
2: girl, a send invite podcasts. us back
0: Yes, but we definitely have to all these conversations we have to revisit because what you said about Vivica, I think I watched a clip of that, but I didn't watch the whole thing. But I would say with mm-hmm. myself right now being 37 and not having kids, that was something for a long time. I feel like no Shana, you know, especially once I reach like a certain age and a certain status in life, you know, you're like, you're doing well, you've gone this long, quote unquote, and you didn't get, get pregnant, you know, because of what society is putting in mind. And then it was like, you know, I got to the space of well, you you have to be married before you have a kid. And then you just wake up one day and realize like, oh, fuck shit, that shit. Yeah, it's outdated information.
2: Like, I yeah. I mean, and that's like my tipsy saying it, like fuck that shit because I'd never want to look back and be like, because I feel like, you know, at 36, to turn 37, I've lived a zillion lives yeah. on a couple different, you know, continents. <laughs> that... The one thing that is missing for me, because I'm one of those people that feel like, you know, things that happen are supposed to happen and the loves that you have will be forever and that you are not, you know, relegated to one person for the rest of your life. And, you know, I get real deep and shit. But I know the one thing that will sustain me and the one thing that will ever be like present is the most important thing to me is who i was with my child mm-hmm. like my sharing of dna with him my loving and singing and quiet time with just him you know i i think that pregnancy after loss is equally as difficult yeah because there is anxiety there is a lot of things that come into play and you know your mind just does certain things I mean I did some earlier this week that you know we'll see what happens in two weeks Mm. but um, it doesn't um, change your it doesn't change your loss it doesn't change what your child meant to you it doesn't mean that you won't feel any pain after your new baby comes yeah um, but I know all of these escapades that you have, they fun. They're a lot of fun, but nothing tops that sound of that heartbeat. Nothing tops the feeling of the butterfly flutters. Nothing tops, like that is your chief priority in life is to be his protector or her guide or just their compass and so with or without a man like yo this is lit like I have full dreams of like get your ladybug suitcase I'm not gonna stop traveling we move in this unit together and you know we're gonna get these passports and we're gonna get it popping you know and if a man comes to compliment that I would love that But if a man does not, I'm teaching him or her all the things that they need to be to be great human beings and to be loving and caring and kind. And whether your dad is found through just a baby app or it's found through the known donor because he was my ex 10 years ago when he wants that old thing back, or if he was whatever, that we come to that place where there's love. Yeah, mommy will figure out the logistics like I'll get that going don't worry about that but you will have everything that you need to be successful and I really feel like if generations were different our parents and our grandparents might have chosen the same path but for whatever reason I think that the time is now and like Huey P. Newton says, like the young always, impi- you know, inherit the revolution.
1: okay Bay.
2: Come on, honey. Yes. <laughs> so I think that like the time is now for us to just take ownership. And it's not to say we don't want partners, but I'm not going to lack because I don't have one.
0: Right. As
2: you and, you know, I think that I have had people that have said, well, girl, you oopsed before. Why don't you oops again? And I'm like, "Mm, that may be your path. That's not mine. You know, I did oops before and a great and amazing, you know, abundant gift came from that. But I really want to be intentional. Intentionality means a lot to me right now. And so maybe it's not oops." Maybe it is I'm going to craft my own journey and walk my own way, and bring all of the fullness of the love and the light that I desire for my child to come into this world with. Um, for that path to already be laid.
0: Yeah.
2: And then and, you know, if I oops along the way, you know, it's fine.
0: I think it just oops.
2: Yeah. And, and but ain't to oops. Yeah, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Like I don't, I am not a person that views kids as mistakes or as accidents, as, you know, whatever. You know, however we come to this journey, this is the journey that we're supposed to be on.
1: Amen, that's it. We all are growing. I say when I teach fitness and I really believe it on and off the mat, as I say that every, I don't believe in failures. You know, every challenge is an opportunity for growth. And that's mm-hmm. it whether you lived in a heavier weight or going through a breakup or miscarriage or fertility trauma, or you had a perfect husband, pregnancy, birth and baby, that baby and parenting are going to bring challenges. I literally, Mm -hmm. there was a beautiful, a beautiful black mom and her son on the train today. And he, he was acting up. He was about mm-hmm. 10 and wasn't listening. And she's like, I'm going to take your phone and I want to pop you. And he was like, I'm going to call CPS. I was like, I was talking uh, about uh, that. I was. I said, hold on a second. I, <laughs> said, I sat down and I, listened, I looked at him dead in his face and I said, What you're not going to do is disrespect your mama. Yeah. Okay. I said, And every black mom. Isn't it like today? Today. What do I, <laughs> he knows. What do I tell you? You get in trouble. Why? No. No, say it loud because what?
0: I want to be the best as I can I, I love him. it I, I love it with his crown on yes
1: yeah so he knows that when he gets in trouble you don't get popped that much but if you have to do timeout or whatever it's because mommy wants you to be your best as I can
2: mm-hmm. yes I love that yes. And yes so those are the things that we see and that we need in black womanhood and black motherhood because you are still instilling things in him that will long survive you
1: yeah right and i i told that little boy because he was old enough to receive it i said your mom it's not only that she wants you to be your best she's trying to protect you yeah because what like, this world ain't okay uh-huh. and so sometimes when she gets angry she's scared yeah yeah scared
2: for you and she's scared, scared because you. she's not sure what to do Let me tell to protect you.
1: you i couldn't sleep my entire third trimester because i'm like i'm bringing a whole nother black boy into this world mm-hmm. in the summer of 2020 they were hunting black men yes. and i'm like how am i gonna do this yeah. so a real fear I, it was real and they were like oh it's just because you pregnant i was like no girl i've been pregnant before i have been going to sleep for 37 years and have never had a problem because she busy as all hell so once i hit the pillow it's lights out yeah. i'm like i can't go to sleep because i am traumatized by racism That's that is my real. problem A fear
0: it's fear, and that's
1: real. You know what I mean? So, anyways, clearly we could talk to the cows come home and the sunshine and it's know. To the sponsor. But and I um, want
2: to say they, a couple of things very specific. I was just gonna
1: say, yeah, I want you all to
0: close with what your your, your song. is? Um,
2: how do I think that being a single mother by choice affects the child? I want to be very clear in saying that. I want to choose conscious parenting
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and in doing so I want to be very honest with my child that there was a very deliberate choice because there are people who even married and have oops babies you know I want to be very clear with my child that mommy went through the storm to grab for the sun moon and the stars to have you yes and so it doesn't mean that you are the only thing that's good in my life, but you are the best thing that's good in my life. I love you. And there is someone out there that helped to make you, yeah, that made a decision to love me and care enough about you to help us along our journey, and that I would like for you to have access to them to meet them, to ask them questions, to love on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so part of that for me is dependent upon what decision I choose to make, Mm -hmm. whether I choose to go with a known donor or with an unknown donor. With an unknown donor, I'm only accepting donors from the sperm bank who are open to open ID.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What's that mean, open ID?
2: That at the age of 18, that they will have the opportunity to meet. And from that point further, that the biological donor and the child will be able to continue on that relationship based on their personal decisions as adults. Gotcha. Um, I do feel like sperm bank donations at this point for me felt very isolating, so I'm I am stepping away from the sperm donor world. Um, if I choose to do a known donor who I have developed an, in a relationship with through. Um, an app or another third party or an ex or a friend. Um, That's probably something that's a little bit more aligned with what my goals are. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you protect your peace in this process is that there is no guilt. There is no shame. There is no um, second guessing. There is no how to like almost for me because I I met a donor on the app and do the school and I feel like I might mess around and like the nigga, so I kind of you know backed up from him yeah. because I don't want somebody to waters with what yeah. this needs to be and so at the forefront of my mind my heart and my desire is like whatever is best for the child I don't want any awkward um, situations or acquaintances for me, I know that outside noise is just that.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I'm not necessarily looking for any approval or oddly enough, my family's like, this shit's so interesting. Like, oh, like me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there are people like my one cousin that was like, well, just oops again, you know, and that's great if that's that happens to fall into your lap, but I have no shame. I think transparency breaks down walls. I think that there are women who need to hear these stories. I think that there are women like Vivica Fox who have chose to move to the point to where there was shame or discomfort or misunderstanding and that They have now passed their childbearing years. Like we are more than conquerors. We can do all things ourselves. That doesn't necessarily mean that there is not a partner that is going to come. I'm going to have my child. God is going to bless me with another child. And I feel like there may be a man that comes into my life that is going to love me and my child enough to change the trajectory of our lives. But I'm not going to wait for him to come before I start to do things for myself and for my child and my.
0: And I love that because it's encouraging, I think, to me. And I know listeners in the demographic who typically tune in because it's still a very scary thought for me, you know, not being married and just now moving away from the notion because just to be in me being transparent, I grew up with uh, one of my sisters was a teen mom and that, for whatever reason, like scared me when I was younger to see someone be like 15 and pregnant and to have people, you know, growing up in small town, USA I remember people asking me like, is your sister pregnant? And at the time, at first I didn't know. So I'm answering like, no. And then eventually, you know, I saw her stomach and I realized it. And I really believe that traumatized me really early. Like, I don't want to be in that situation, even though she had the support of like my grandmother and stuff, she was still able to go to college. She still lived a somewhat normal life. But because of that trauma that I dealt with very early, it got me to the point where like, I never want to be in that situation. And even though I've gone through life and I've been, you know, what I would consider successful in my career and personal endeavors. It wasn't until I'll say probably a year ago that I got to a space of recognizing that, like, if I want to have a child, that it is okay if I do it and I'm not married, like I can do it on my own terms and the only sh- uh, the shame that's attached to it. It's up to me to remove that because I still can't care what anybody says. I can't care what social media thinks. I think what, you know, certain family members may think that project their own wants onto you because people that are never married before they'll say, well, you know, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? Because they've never done it. So I think it's very courageous. And I appreciate the transparency from both of you, because I know that there are listeners out there who sit in these seats and think about things like this, that one, didn't know they were an option, but two, now that they do know they're an option and it may be a viable option for them, it's good for them to know that it is okay if this is what you want to do.
1: And I think because I know too, there's this thing of um, the pressure to for us to be successful because someone, so many of us as Black women are traversing this life solo yeah. and we do like nice things and that doesn't make us a damn gold digger or any of this other BS. Um, we have a right to like to go on vacation. We have a, a right to like nice things and have financial independence and all of these things. And so, um, and as a result, I think we put this pressure on ourselves to arrive at a certain number or certain level of success before becoming a mom. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to remove that from ourselves because if you then discover you do have fertility issues, Now, here's the deal. Like, Beyonce had, as Jay said, natural twins later in life. And that's a thing. But
2: she also had a miscarriage. She also
1: had a miscarriage. That's what she told us, because Jay out here in these streets stressing her the fuck out. So that also was true, okay? Which they shared. So, all of the above, right? I say life is E, all of the above, on a Scantron. But Mm -hmm. it's important i know you i just be like i'm gonna hit you you way back (laughs) all else fails bitch right c (laughs) (laughs) i go for e i'm like like, i need all that so my thing is you got to be careful because you're like i'm waiting i'm waiting you waiting for the right time the right man the right paycheck the right bank account there's no No. one right well you got 80 but you know i'm
2: gonna tell you something there is no one way to do this shit right i one of our girlfriends danielle said kirsten i fully support whatever you choose to do for as long as that works for you because you could be married have the plan perfect baby shower
1: yeah.
2: 4.3 you know blessed
1: girl please share there's also that it's okay yeah. You thought can, she had it all, and the shit yes. ain't working. it you can
2: do it. all the things yeah. that you think are being done right with four bedrooms, three and a half baths, garage, backyard, and that nigga could still leave, and you still left holding the bag. So, like, there's no one way to come to motherhood. Not at You know, all. there's there's a way that we dream that to be, but there's no way that you would know. You know, I'm going to shake this ball and see what the crystals hold. Like, for me, it is about peace and prosperity. And I honestly do believe that my son, even though he is not earthbound, he prepared his mama for something beautiful. Yeah. I think that he uh, made me strong. And taught me to be free in a different way that I didn't even know was possible.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, um, my motto for this year and going forward is that ease is my birthright. Yeah. And I deserve all of the good things because I know what I sow into others and I know what I sow into myself, and that we do lean into. those that we love that have ascended yeah. to give us protection and to give us guidance and to help us along the way as we journey, and that your intuition is real. real. You don't need 50 million people to give you the yeah, yeah, yes. When you know it and you feel it, and it's very intentional and a part of who you are as your being, mm-hmm. there's something very spiritual there. And that's very intentional, like with your. Rachel is a doula with your breath work and with your honor to the ancestors and to God and the universe and the way that we come to know ourselves and I may be um, a little too deep about it but like I really do believe I rejected when other people said that nothing just happened I didn't want to hear other people say that I thought it was bullshit Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, and I thought it was insensitive and it was tone deaf, Mm -hmm. but I've come to know myself that the journey is mine and that what I desire for myself and myself and the promises that God has made to me in my intimate time, I know that those will come to pass.
0: Absolutely. So how do you feel about that statement now if someone wants to say it to you?
2: I still don't appreciate it because they don't know the journey. Yeah. Um. It's hard because nothing changes what you lost. Yeah. Um. But there are things that I know to be true. That God has promised me something. Because here's the thing: when people tell you God makes no mistakes, and then you feel like God made a mistake, yeah. it changes your relationship with how you view God and what you expect of him and if God killed my baby then what does that say about who he is Mm -hmm. so I need to lean into the fact that God is helping me along the way but this wasn't due to him Mm -hmm. because if that were the case then me and God got beef
0: yeah
1: right you know what my girlfriend actually who um when I finally shared my miscarriage with her and the friend that's having a baby by herself by choice she said yes sometimes because I was like what's the lesson what's the learning and she said you know what sometimes life just sucks Mm -hmm. and it was just really nice to hear that yes that is
2: not tied to a reason
1: right she said sometimes it just sucks ain't no reason ain't no learning it just sucks Mm -hmm. and it hurts and it's frustrating you know what I mean and I I have to say my midwife it you know Immediately, I blamed myself, and I, I had traveled, and I.
0: Can you make
1: me? Make you comfortable? Okay. <laughs> I um, I blamed myself, and she was quick to, um, say, "There's nothing you've done wrong," and so I also want to leave our queens with with that statement. There's nothing broken about you, um, and. A lot of times society and life will make you feel that way and it and it's just not um the case and if there is family or friends that are making you feel broken then they need then they're not your family they're not your friends yeah Um, and it's okay to release people that are not serving you um and i love everyone but my number one job is mommy. And I have to go put oh, this boy God to bed because it is yes. it's <laughs> And that's just... a perfect quote. <laughs> and he
2: said, it's not working. Not <laughs> it's working.
1: not working.
0: Going <laughs> well, to definitely continue this conversation. I just want to say, I want to give y'all a round of applause for an amazing conversation tonight around so many things. Listeners, this is definitely going to be continued. I would let you all know where you could find these awesome ladies. I thank you both Kirsten and Rachel. And on that note, we'll be right back with the Montana Minute. And now this brings us to the montana minute so you might have noticed that this episode was a little different in a sense of some of the behind the scenes interactions and other voices you heard on the podcast i wanted to allow that because of the organic nature of what was happening and since this episode is about being a mom why not let the kiddo stay in the audio so i truly enjoyed it and i hope you did as well the next thing and the last thing I hope you enjoyed this series on Black maternal health in America and that these conversations have ignited a fire in you to help do your part to end this epidemic and break generational curses to come. That said, be sure you give us some feedback with a review or a rating and I am now signing off. Yours truly, Shanna Montana, and I'll see you right back here next week.